Glory. We love you guys. We say some really severe stuff every day because we're mature Christians and solid meats for the mature. <laughs> Knowing not just the kindness of the Lord, but also the severity it is written. Uh. Can you imagine staying infants in Christ your entire Christian lives? So you're submitted to the principalities of the fallen angels of the heavenly sphere? God forbid. What a wasted life. So, we matured real quickly because I'd never submit to a fallen angel after being a servant of fallen angels as a sorcerer in my previous life. That's how we got mature in Christianity real fast. I don't serve Satan's stars. I serve the bright morning star. We're not God outside minded. We don't serve space and death and the reptilian, cold-blooded nature of the red dragon whose tail swept one-third of the stars that is written. And this is solid meat for the mature, but you can put it on repeat until you understand it. And then take these scriptures that I quote nearly every sentence of Joel's bar the last three years and study the scriptures. Study the scriptures to show yourself approved. You gotta spend time in the Word. And the Word just reveals who your new cre creation in Christ is, who you are as a new creature. Because we don't know. You know, I'm still learning every day. That's why I like to spend, you know, five to eight hours a day in the Bible and prayer before coming to every Joel's bar every day for the last three years. We do that so that we can preach and teach the highest measure of the divine grace. The, the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. The top of the mountain to you. Because whatever you're listening to, that's what you're becoming. Whatever voice you're entertaining in your ears, that's the fruitfulness you're going to have in your soul. That's the seed you're allowing into your heart. A lot of people can just watch television for eight hours a day, and they have Babylon the Great, and all of its confusion and worldliness and lusts growing in their heart and they just lust after material possessions. I don't lust after material possessions, but a little tiny bit of material possessions have been added unto me because I've sought first the kingdom and His righteousness, and it's a kingdom and covenant promise of prosperity, never of poverty. This whole thing like the preacher and the pastor and the minister's got to be poor is a satanic demon. <laughs> There's not a single poor person in heaven even in the outer court of those who lived lives of iniquity for self and not Christ. Even in the outer court, if one saint of the outer court of the third heaven were to visit you on earth, they'd be worshipped as gods. Because they're so much brighter than the noonday sun. Because you see them in their spirit nature. Even an outer court Christian of the third heaven is like completely bejeweled bejeweled, completely head to toes, bejeweled. That's your Father's rich love. That's the richest measure of the Divine Presence. That's the riches in glory. That's the storing up treasures in heaven in your spirit life, developing your spirit life. Amen? De developing your spirit life so that you're not wasting your life going after the flesh in the carnal appetites of the flesh. Hallelujah. Don't waste your lives on earth. Store up riches in heaven. Obey the anointing. 
become rebellious towards Satan and his religious lies. Poverty lies, religious lies, everything of externalism, everything you think is being, you know, holy, but you're only holy by what you do and not by the Holy Spirit. You're not holy by what you do. <laughs> That's not holiness. Your, holy, your holiness comes from being possessed by the Holy Spirit, Christ in you. No human being is holy by externalism or by works or by performances or by, you know, I only shop at thrift stores and I, and I only live in you know, a, a small house and I, I drive a, a really cheap car, you know, and I, I'm always tithing, though, to my religious church. They love me. That's not holiness. That's demonic religious activity. You're actually serving Satan and his religious angels. That's serving Satan's stars. Satan's stars that fell from heaven, that's the posts in heaven why there's darkness in the second heavens. Before Satan and his angels fell, there was no darkness in space. Darkness, that void in space, is because of the fall of Satan and one-third of the angels. Now, they're not the actual physical stars themselves. That's just what's left of their leaving their posts in the heavens. They're angels. So in the natural dimension, you just see them as stars. But in the spirit world, you'd see a dead, cold space, a kingdom of hell, a kingdom of the ancient red dragon whose tail swept one-third of the stars. And now Earth is in the midst of those fallen stars and that void and chasm of darkness, except now the Messiah has come and filled our spirits and our bellies with the Holy Ghost in the richest measure of the Divine Presence to turn this dark, cold, dead chasm of space and fallen angel activity into the kingdom of heaven. And righteous men lay hold of it and they take it by force. That's why you got to be renegades of Babylon the Great. That's why you got to be considered heretics by the professional religious like the Apostle Paul was and like Jesus Christ was in the Bible. They're both called heretics by the Pharisees and by the Sanhedrin by the religious professionals. And the Greeks in Athens even called the Apostle Paul in perfect, most mature apostolic ministry, they called him a babbler. They called him a babbler and they called his education like a rubbish heap, like a garbage heap, like a trash heap. If you study it out, I believe that's Acts 17. I was reading it in the Amplified today. In perfect apostolic witness that was causing earthquakes in cities, the Apostle Paul and his ministry that we all love his epistles and read. But he was considered to be a babbler by those of the highest degree of education on planet Earth at that time. But guess what? He wasn't just babbling. He was releasing the anointing. <laughs> that anointing so enraptured some of those listeners that even judges of the highest Grecian courts came to be believers after he preached in Athens. That's awesome stuff. But his education was like he was unlearned to their Greek education system. It's true. And they say the same thing about the religious Pharisees towards these men that were discipled of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, called the Apostles in the book of Acts. Acts 4. They said, how do these uneducated and unlearned men know so much? And they could see they had been with Jesus. Unlearned, they were called. But they knew so much because they were taught of Christ. 
it is written, you shall have one teacher and he is the anointed one. Christ. Christ just means anointed one and his anointing. If you're not taught of the fresh oil and the fresh anointing that comes literally from your belly, from your stomach, that's the rich treasury of glory. That's where Christ lives, in your belly. And the, and the fresh oil comes up and burns in your heart. Did our hearts not burn within us as He walked with us along the way, illuminating the Scriptures to us? Our hearts began to burn because they're burning the anointing of the anointed, anointed one. And as the anointing burns in the heart, it blazes through the soul, and the soul releases glory into the breath of everything that has breath on the surface of the earth. So you can say, let everything that has breath praise the Lord, like King David in Psalms 149. So instead of them breathing the prince of the power of the air and being influenced by Satan's stars that fell from heaven and witchcraft and lust and religious pride and, you know, steeple people prison camps with pastors like SS officers, they'll actually be influenced citywide and nationwide by the rich treasury of glory, Christ in you. And now you're discipling cities and nations and now you are the sons of God. And now you understand why this verse says, go out and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Nations. USA is a nation. Netherlands is a nation. Great Britain is a nation, you know. <laughs> Germany is a nation. Norway is a nation. All these nations. Are you discipling nations? Every person, day one as a Christian, begins discipling nations because the anointing from their belly, the rich treasury of glory, Christ in you, greater is he who is in you, is burning through their hearts. And you're casting out the prince of the power of the air and the influence of all the demonic realm of the heavenly sphere and every power and authority and everything of spiritual wickedness in the heavens and the earth and below the earth is burnt out of your region and your nation by your anointing, by your spirit life. This is not an external anointing. That's the old covenant. The new covenant is an internal anointing. Now you are the temples of the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul had to tell them that because they were God outside-minded. They were bewitched. They were serving outwardly instead of serving inwardly. Everyone that serves God outwardly serves Jezebel and fallen angels. Everyone that serves Christ inwardly is a temple of the Holy Spirit and is actually obedient to God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ in the New Covenant and not the Old Covenant, which was externalism. Old Covenant is externalism. New Covenant for the last 2,000 years of having the Holy Spirit perfectly is internalism. Christ in you. I mean, how many times do we have to tell you? As many times as it takes until all the sons of God manifest and I'm believing for one million in the USA. We'll tell you the truth every day until you experience it for yourselves the richest measure of the divine presence and become bodies fully filled and flooded with God Himself and reach full spiritual stature. Amen. It's true. <laughs> you have the fullness of deity in you, in every one of you. Corporately, yes. Individually, yes also. Individually, your body, when you ask Jesus into your heart, did He come in there? And now why are you serving Him out here? Why are you looking for Him did you not ask Jesus into your heart? Yes. 
And the, the Bible says that in him dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So if you ask Jesus, the Messiah, into your heart, Revelation 3.20, I stand at the door and knock. If you let me in, we're going to have fellowship inside your body, in your heart. Then why are you looking for breakthroughs outside your body? The demons will never give you a breakthrough. That's why all the Christians are beat up and discouraged. Hope deferred has made the heart very sick. They never had any breakthrough because they expect something out here in the natural dimension. Greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. In the world, you're expecting breakthrough from Satan and his religious angels? No wonder why Christians act like devils instead of like the anointed ones. No wonder why they're all full of poverty doctrines, religious doctrines, rules and regulations, and performances, trying to earn God's approval by works instead of by faith, it is written. When you try to earn God's approval by what you can do in your natural abilities, you trample the blood of the Lamb underfoot and count it as nothing. It's true, that's the scripture. They trample the blood of the Lamb underfoot and they count it as worthless. When you think you're good by what you can do in your human nature, you become the enemies of Christ. Sadly, most Christians are the enemies of Christ. It's true, if you read the Final Quest series, by Rick Joyner, the first chapter of the final quest of the first book of that series is Satan's Army, and Satan's Army is made up only of Christians. Christians who are full of demons in their head, full of Satan's stars that fell from heaven, starlight controlling their brains. And he's an angel of light that deceives, the Bible says, so they're following all this light and they think the demons whispering in their ears are the Holy Spirit. I have dealt with a million Christians who have told me the Holy Spirit has said to them to do this, that, and the other thing, and it's a million times over again, familiar spirits and demons lying to them in their ears. Oh, and then they'll weep and gnash their teeth and they're certain the demon, there's no good fruit, it's all slavery, it's all bitterness. They're, they're workers and not lovers, they have no peace, they're demon-possessed, they follow Satan, and then they're mad at you for telling, you, telling them that they're following Satan. Have you not been seeing this for 10 years by the millions everywhere in the whole world, completely bewitched? Trying to finish in the flesh what began in their spirit? And Christians fight their own spirit life every day, killing themselves. That's sheep's number one enemy. Sheep are not killed by wolves and bears and tigers, oh my. Sheep are killed when they go mad by allow allowing maggots to eat their brains and they throw themselves off of cliffs. That's the number one killer of sheep. If you read it, if you study it out, <laughs> in New Zealand, <laughs> in New Zealand there's more sheep than human beings and they kill themselves when they go mad by maggots eating their brains because they're listening to familiar spirits of religion. It's always religious spirits telling you they're the Holy Spirit, telling you they're Jesus, but it's not Christ in your belly burning up fresh oil burning through your heart. It's just the white magic of Jezebel killing, stealing, and destroying God's people worldwide every day that we have to look at. And it just makes me more and more intense and in love. Like, what do I have to become to break through to these people so they stop killing themselves? And I'll do whatever it takes, and I know many of you will also. 
and you see the same thing, you know this is exactly how it is in the whole world. <laughs> We're going to have to become God the Father. I mean, if it wasn't so hard and the situation wasn't so completely deceiving, and the, if potent sorcery had not completely and totally saturated every human brain, Christian brain worldwide, perhaps we could just settle with just being a King David. Perhaps we could settle with just being a prophet Jeremiah, you know, an apostle Paul, an apostle Barnabas. But I tell you the truth, because the situation requires it, and things are this bad in the nations currently, the sons of God have to walk in the fullness of God the Father's power, wisdom, and love in order to save the nations. And we are the saviors of the nations, that's the scripture. For out of Zion I will send the saviors, plural, in Hebrew, of the nations. It's not talking about Jesus. It's talking about Jesus' younger brothers that he died for, the firstborn amongst many. You know, where's the many? He's the firstborn, and we always talk about him. Good, he gets all the glory. He did all the work. But how about we get into Christian maturity so that we honor the lamb that was slain and give him the reward for his suffering, which is having brothers and sisters that are like him in every way of wisdom and favor of his 33rd year on, on earth when he was perfect of God the Father, made perfect through what he suffered. He wasn't perfect at 31. He wasn't perfect at 32. Yeah, he wasn't sinful, but he wasn't manifesting the fullness of the Father's wisdom and favor. Scripture teaches this. Hebrews chapter 1. He was perfect at age 33. That's when the Father said, Okay, bam, slain, take him. That's the fullness of my favor. That's the fullness of my wisdom. That's the tree of life. It's not about having, you know, one-year-old Jesus' favor, one-year-old Jesus' wisdom. It's all about having 33-year-old favor and wisdom. Otherwise, this world is still governed by fallen angels. It's called governors and tutors until the appointed time of the Father. It is written. The governments will not dissolve. The economies and the Rothschild banking system will enslave you forever unless you reach age 33 favor and wisdom, I tell you the truth. And almost no one's willing to sacrifice their entire humanity. That's why it's called just a Gideon's 300. I believe, truly, there will be 300 men and women that will hit the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus, that they will come into that 33rd year reality of what he walked in and the Father said, yep, that's my exact representation of the light being of the perfection of God the Father. You have hit the mark of the high calling and the perfection of the Father in favor and wisdom and stature and strength. Bam! And I will dissolve the seven mountains and all the false rulership of the nations instantly. I believe that happens this season. And I believe no one in the world is ready for it. <laughs> Because the Father, he, he hates watching people suffer under bad governors and bad tutors. And that's every governor and every tutor of every city and nation right now. But when the sons of God manifest, the Father's the quickest one to pull the trigger. You reach that mark of the high calling in 33 degree wisdom, 33 degree stature, 33 degree favor. And I'm not talking about sorcery. I'm talking about righteousness of the tree of life. The demons counterfeited everything Jesus Christ was in his 33 years and turn it into religious sorcery. It's called Freemasonry. It can all be washed into the lake of fire worldwide. Amen. Amen. Truth anyhow. 
I'm talking about Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I'm talking about the royal race, the kingdom company, reaching the mark of the high calling, yielding the fullness of their hearts and minds and their entire personality on Christ and manifesting His fullness through their bodies, through all the heavens and all the earth this season in the name of Jesus Christ. If you guys want to sow into that reality, sow into the white throne and reap a thousandfold after the order of Melchizedek, redletterman.com. Amen. Bam!